a podcast from the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod's Office of National Mission. This is God's Mission Here. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Pastor Dan Gelshoot, Executive Director for the Office of National Mission. And I'm joined again by three of the team members. Would you please introduce yourself? I'm Pastor Mark Wood. I'm the Managing Director for Church Planting, Renewal, and Support. I'm Pastor Michael Meyer, and I'm Managing Director for uh, the Departments and Ministries that work primarily with congregations and districts. I'm Deaconess Tiffany Manor. I'm the Managing Director of um, Human Care and Ministerial Support for the Office of National Mission. And today we're continuing our discussion of the seven mission priorities of the LCMS of, of the church. Last time we talked about the mission priorities to plant, sustain, and revitalize Lutheran churches, to support and expand theological education, and to perform human care in close proximity to word and sacrament ministries. As we pick up this conversation today, and as we take a look at another mission priority, uh, I want to kick it over to you, Mark, because uh, I see the words mission effectiveness in this priority. And uh, I think of you, one, because of mission, but also effectiveness. That, that appeals to your engineer background, right? Yeah, but that's always interesting to use the word effective or success in the church. But they do get worked into this mission priority, which is to collaborate with the synod's members and partners to enhance mission effectiveness. And God calls us to mission, and, and when God calls us to do something, he calls us to do it well. And, and so effectiveness is a good term to say, to look at how we're doing things and saying, how can we do them better? How can we do them more effectively? And we don't do these things in isolation. We're most effective as a church when we collaborate, when we work together. And in this mission priority, it talks about synod's members and partners. Technically, synod's members are our rostered workers and our patients. Uh, and so if you're a, a lay person that's a member of an LCMS congregation, you're technically not a member of the synod. That gets confusing. So thanks for letting me confuse people. <laughs> I like that because you, it's like you're a member of a member. You're 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 a lay you know member of a congregation that's a member <laughs> of the synod. <laughs> so, so when we talk about this mission priority, we're, we're we're talking about members of the synod, which would be technically the congregations. Let's just keep it simple and clear. But all the partners of the con of the synod, which now expands it bigger than the technical membership. So who are the partners of the Synod? Well, there's a lot of different kinds of partners. A couple that are spelled out in our Constitution and bylaws are two auxiliaries, Lutheran Women's Missionary League and Lutheran Hour Ministries. But we also have partners that are officially recognized as uh, being aligned with the Synod's goals, priorities, and mission. And they're called Recognized Service Organizations, or RSOs. And that falls under Michael's area, so I'll quiz Michael right now. Michael, how many RSOs are there? <laughs> I'm glad I studied for the test. As of today, uh, I should say as of yesterday, there were 187 recognized service organizations, and they serve in a variety of ways. Some of them focus on theological education. Some of them focus on worker well-being. Some of them focus on assisting with elderly or disabled or other human care things like disaster response. But there's just a, a, a great variety of them. And there are organizations that have kind of filled niches 
filled gaps where uh, individual congregations haven't been able to uh, or generally aren't able to do on their own or replicate here, there, everywhere, but as one entity being being able to do that on behalf of a, a lot of organizations. You know, one of the things I appreciate about that, Michael, is despite your studying, depending on when somebody's listening to this, there's a very good chance you're going to be wrong. So I, I really like that. <laughs> I, let's just face it. There's a lot of chances I'm going to be wrong on a lot of things. Yeah, it's a moving number, but approximately 187. That's great. You know, as we talk about collaboration and partnering with uh, people in the Office of National Mission and really to do our work well, we've got to do that with quite a few people. And I know that, Tiffany, that's something you talk about quite often. What would you say about collaboration and partnership? Yeah, you know, from a theological sense, because we we all think theologically, we all think about God in these things. You know, there's a sense where this is some stewardship, right? That we're we're all serving together in the kingdom of God. But you know, to you know, be effective, it means we we collaborate. We're talking with one another. We're we're interacting in a regular sense, so that we're making good use of all the gifts that God has entrusted to us for the sake of His church and really to reach the lost as, as well as serving the congregations in the districts. So that takes some time and, and knowing one another and trusting one another. And, and that's what that collaboration, it, it, how that it is involved in, in the work. So that we plan together and, and also that we're really listening, listening to congregations, listening to districts as, as to what the needs are and how that should inform the work and, and the collaboration and you know this, this aligning of the work we're doing together. You know, when you mentioned districts, I have to admit that when I think of partnerships, that's that's probably one of the first partnerships I think of is with the districts, given my experience on the Kansas district staff. I just think about how the Office of National Mission is really working through the districts and really what that means is we're partnering with the districts to do this work more effectively. And I know that in Kansas, we would reference this quite often, and I think of it often here at the Office of National Mission is is Philippians 1 and, and talking about being partners in the gospel, right? And that's really highlighted in this mission priority that we have. Dan, I, I also, th- you know, I, I very much appreciate that that line of thinking. I, I also think, you know, this this kind of partnership is not just between the Senate office, national mission, where we're talking about God's mission here, right? But it's not just between us and another organization, which isn't us, right? It's also all like all of the, our congregations thinking about themselves as being a part of the larger body of Christ, right? And I, I think this is something that maybe some of our congregations struggle with this, maybe some of them don't, where uh, they see themselves almost maybe a little isolated whether they're operating a school by themselves or they're doing something else by themselves. But in reality, think of all the partners that a single congregation has just right in their midst, in their circuits. Other you know, recognized service organizations, which we've alluded to already today, but maybe there's specific ones that operate within that district that can be partners for work that your congregation is doing. And I, so when I think about this collaboration and partnership, yeah, it's 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 occurs at the local level. It occurs between between there and here. But I, so I think of this, you know, one member of the body of Christ all working together, right? So we're not all heads, we're not all arms, we're not all feet. But when you put us all together, it's 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 a 
maybe some maybe sometimes it feels a little Frankensteinish, but we we still are moving and functioning together and weeping with those who weep and rejoicing with those who rejoice that that's I see that as a part of this partnership and collaboration that that takes place really at all levels. You know, as you were talking about that partnership, you you talked about how congregations, that's us, that's all of us together, right? And I I was thinking about that so often when we talk about different partners, we can talk about us and them. And it's it's really quite interesting when we talk about our partnership partnerships, well, quite often we're talking about us and us, right? We're we're just partnering with with different levels of the church. And, you know, as you were talking, Michael, about kind of this bigger picture of the church and, you know, congregations or individual Christians, individual LCMS people sometimes can feel isolated. I, I know that that's an experience that some have. As you were talking about seeing something bigger, I couldn't help but think of the LCMS youth gathering, right, which is the largest gathering mm-hmm. of the LCMS. And, and so often what we hear young people say coming back from that is, it was so great to see, you know, such such a large group of LCMS people to see how big the church is. And obviously that's only just still a small picture of what we really are. It gives us a much bigger and and broader sense of partnerships in the church. Well, an, another priority or, or really, as, as Michael said last time, descriptor of who we are has to do with caring for our, our members, particular members. And Tiffany, I'm going to ask you to touch on this next mission priority and unpack it a little bit for us. Sure. One of our mission priorities is to promote and nurture the spiritual, emotional, financial, and physical well-being of pastors and professional church workers. There's a lot in there. And and really, um, sometimes the question that comes up is, well, why do we just care about the pastors and the professional church workers? Don't we care about everyone? And, um, And the answer to that is, we do care about everyone. But this is a mission priority because, well, those, you know, pastors and church workers are members of the Synod. You know, Mark clarified that for us a few minutes ago. You mean confuse us all about that? Might, maybe. <laughs> yeah. my, aim, my aim was to confuse. Yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> mission accomplished. Um, and so there's um, a responsibility we have to these servants who have sacrificed and given their lives in, in service of the mission. Now, all all baptized members of the church do serve and, and sacrifice, but they they've made some they've set aside their lives, and so we care for them because their well being is important to to that the health and the well-being of the congregation. We often talk about it as, as symbiotic. You know, they're dependent upon one another. If, if pastor and the, the professional church workers are healthy and, and well, that impacts the congregation. A congregation is healthy and well, that impacts the workers. So that's part of the, the reason why this is a mission priority, because it, it does impact the proclamation of the, the gospel in, in our local communities, you know, that we have healthy workers to serve in those harvest fields. But it, it's also because as as individuals, oftentimes our, our workers are overlooked. You know, th- there's often the, the question about who's the pastor to the pastors, right? So, you know, we, we need to make sure that, that pastors also are, are receiving and being fed and, and that's that, that spiritual well-being. But, you know, there's other other facets to our well-being as well that, that's here in our, our mission priority. And we've got this neat little graphic called the Lutheran Wellness Wheel that we use in health ministry and, and worker wellness. And some other time we can talk about that more. But, you know, it, it's really important that we all care for the workers that God's given us. I like that that question you asked, Tiffany, who's pastoring the pastor? Because I think his mission priority focuses on pastors and professional church workers, 
not to the exclusion of our lay people, but the lay people are being attended to by our pastors and professional church workers. Mm-hmm. So, so that's taken care of. That's that's what we're called to do as church workers and pastors. But who's taking care of our pastors? I mean. Um, it ought to be all of us. Yeah. We all care for them. I mean, because because they're a, a baptized child of God and we're the body of Christ, that, that's number one. We, we just care for everyone. But two, um, because God's given them to us um, and if if they aren't well, they won't be able to to give us um, the, the, the word and, the sac- and administer the sacraments. As a you know, second career pastor, I, I can look back on, you know, as an active lay person in the church, I thought I understood what the pastor was going through. I thought I, I really I was doing a good job as an elder in a congregation of making sure the pastor was cared for. When I became a pastor and I started experiencing the church as a pastor, I realized I didn't really understand. It's, it's not something you can explain what it's like to be a pastor and the, the sense of isolation and loneliness and struggle and the weight of of caring for the souls of people. And, and that's why it's so important that we, you know, you know, to use the biblical analogy that we find errands to hold up Moses' hands, you know, to, to come and shore up our church workers. Because when the, when the enemy attacks the church, he knows the strategy very well. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Jesus even talked about it. And we see that our church workers are under this relentless attack because the church is under a relentless attack. And so uh, that's why this mission priority is so important and so focused. So. And it's really timely, uh, given what we found out a few years back about the health and well-being of our, our church workers. It's it's really got to be a priority for us because of everybody's under stress in, in today's world. But recent surveys have, have shown us our, our church workers need this support. And I'm sure we'll have much more time to talk about church worker well-being in future episodes. Michael, I'm going to kick it to you to discuss a, another mission priority. Yeah, one of the others has to do with schools, right? That one of our priorities is to enhance early childhood education, elementary and secondary education, and youth ministry. That this is, again, another descriptor of who we are as the body of Christ, as who we are as the church, that this is one of our focuses, that nobody is left out because the the tables are being waited on and the widows aren't being visited by the disciples or the apostles, but or vice versa, we're going to focus on the widows and these others and ignore the the young in our church. You know, this is, this is one of those things when I... I was in the parish in Denver. We had a, a church and a school, and one of the arguments that was that was always used for, on behalf of the school and was that the, the, these young children are the future of the church, right? And I don't, I don't disagree with the sentiment, but I do disagree with the the the, the exact wording of it because our, these young people are, are the church now, mm-hmm. right? And we. There, there are future leaders there. There are future pastors and church workers from amongst that midst. There's future presidents of congregations. Uh, but there's also future doctors and nurses and teachers and librarians and, and all other kinds of vocations that you can think of. And we, as the church, have the obligation, the responsibility, the, the privilege of caring for them. Now, we, we, we just talked about nurturing and caring for church workers and pastors. Well, here we have it for another group in our church, 
right? We have it for the young, that, that we want to enhance their education, to give them the tools that they need in life to, to grow up into godly citizens, to grow up into fathers and mothers and, and all the other vocations that God will one day call them into. Yeah, you know, and as you talk about uh, what they grow up into, certainly we, we want to be mindful of that, but we want to be thinking about how they're part of the church and, and part of us right now already. I'm, I'm thinking of my own family, actually, and um, we actually have a little bit of a division of the labor of, of cleaning up the table. And my oldest son at home is partnered with my youngest daughter to clean the table. And it's sometimes interesting dynamics to watch those two work together to clean the table. My older son, admittedly, carries more of the burden there, right? He does more of the work. And, you know, you could say, oh, well, you know, the youngest one, you know, what does she, what does she bring to the table? You know, quote, unquote. And, but quite honestly, uh, then you think about all the ways she's a blessing to us, right? The ways that she makes us laugh that, frankly, my teenage boy doesn't make us laugh, right? Or the joy that she gives us, you know, yes, in view of what they they will become one day, according to God's calling on their life, absolutely. But but even in view of what they are now for us, right? They're, they're a part of us and they're a part of the body of Christ. They're a part of our church and we want to care for them. And and teach them and and work together with them as God has put us all together. And as we think about, you know, caring for the young and, and working with early childhood and elementary school, secondary education, youth ministry, um, that reminds me as we look into the next mission priority of how all these things are connected to one another. Right? We talked about that last episode that these mission priorities really do uh, flow in and out of one another and and they're all connected. So as we talk about those things and and serving young people, we have another mission priority that's focused on our our Lutheran families. And Tiffany, could you tell us about that one, please? Yes. So we are focused on strengthening and supporting the Lutheran family and living out God's design. God is so clear to provide us in his word, his design for for our lives. I mean, we certainly see it throughout both the Old and the the New Testaments. And in our context, you know, Mark, Mark, has talked and taught us a lot about context. You know, this society is sometimes challenging for the the Lutheran family to live out God's design, and you know to to share the faith with with the next generation. So that's where the, the entire Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, the Office of National Mission, that districts the congregations, you know, we're here to to strengthen and support the the Lutheran family. And there's a lot we we could talk about and unpack this as far as what living out God's design means. And I, I think we'll have future episodes where we can do that. Um, but Martin Luther focused so well on, on three estates in our, our world and, and held up you know the family as a, an estate in which you know God is working and in, in which the, he rules and, and ultimately uses to provide for and govern in, in our world. And so that's where the Lutheran family, you know, really, really key, really important in, in so many ways. And this is, the, this is the newest of the seven mission priorities that the Synod and Convention established. And it's interesting because you could argue, argue that, oh, it's already there in the other six, but it's really important to call it out because the family is really the building block of not just the society, but the church, you know. And we talk about planting, sustaining, and revitalizing congregations. It starts with the family. 
And God created the family yeah, first right. before he gave us civil government. But, you know, it's the family that, that's we founded. All of the population that he's created since is, is based in the family. And it's, it's no accident that we refer to our local church as our church family because it, it reflects the very character of a family. And so I'm, I'm glad we're going to explore this further in future podcasts and look forward to doing that as well. Oh, any one of these seven mission priorities, though they're not numbered, could easily be a whole series of podcasts. And I'm sure we'll hear more about them as we continue our discussions. Thanks for joining us. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and don't forget to click the follow or subscribe button so that you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. God's Mission Here is a podcast that discusses Christ's gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation, and how he delivers those gifts where you live and serve.